Welcome to Culture Over Coffee, the Spartan Shields podcast, where we talk about pop culture, new trends, and other news outside of the PV school district over a cup of coffee. We're your hosts of this episode, Natalie and Ava, and today we'll be talking about women's rights. With recent news circulating regarding the possible overturn of Roe v. Wade, women's rights have been on the minds of many. We're here to discuss the effects that these proposed legislations would have on women across the country. Roe v. Wade was the original court case in 1973 that ruled in favor of protecting a pregnant woman's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. It has since been an argument in the United States that has been bitterly divided upon. Any legislation that makes abortion illegal after 13 weeks essentially undermines Roe v. Wade. Texas recently passed a bill making all abortions illegal after six weeks, or once there is a heartbeat. Texas legislators are now currently trying to comple- completely rid of abortion in the state as well. With the case moving to the Supreme Court that is now vastly conservative and male, women are afraid that their voices will be unheard and ignored. Making it so that the states can decide whether or not they will illegalize abortion is only going to pose further issues. Women who require a medical abortion will have to cross over state borders, and essentially what's that, what that's going to do is it's going to funnel multiple women into a small amount of states that actually do have abortion legalized. This is essentially going to cause backups and a lack of availability for the women that actually do need it, and it's going to encourage women to use unhealthy and unsafe methods to try to induce a miscarriage if they actually can't get into one of those states. And another question that follows the ideals of women's rights is the period tax and whether or not feminine products should be free. A lot of, obviously, all women go through the same thing, um, but there are many who are not as fortunate or financially um, stable enough to afford literal basic human needs. Um, There are options for women that need further assistance, but things such as the period tax being dropped would be a small step in the right right direction um, for making period products way more accessible for everyone. Today, we'll have fellow senior Alex Delmaso joining us to share her thoughts on the recent news circulating about women's rights. ...of Roe versus Wade being overturned circulating. What is your opinion on the situation? Honestly, I think it's terrifying for women's future, and I think it's an essential part of women's rights, and taking away the option of abortion seems to me like a way to just kind of shut women up. Yeah, absolutely. Um that birth control should be free or more easily accessible for those that cannot easily afford it. Yes, I do. I think birth control is also a woman's right that not everybody in America obviously has access to or can afford. Um, And every woman and every girl goes through the same process of becoming a woman. Um, So I think everybody should have the same and fair and equal opportunity to prevent pregnancy. And most of the time it doesn't even have to do all to do with pregnancy, but um, no matter what, I think everybody should have the same opportunity. So then, do you also believe that um, feminine products such as pads, tampons, and things like that should also be free? 100%. Or, um... Speaking from a woman's perspective, it's really hard for me to imagine that something that seems like such a basic human right would ever be taken away from me. I'm sure that a lot of women can say the same thing, even if you don't see yourself in the position where an abortion would be necessary. For a lot of women, it's medically necessary, and not being able to do that simply because many people are worried about the future of a child is kind of nerve-wracking. And I obviously completely understand people who 
don't want to have an abortion or don't think that that's something that would ever do or goes against like maybe their religious beliefs. However, I don't think that the people who disagree should be able to take away that right from people who possibly would find themselves in the situation where they feel like that is one of their only options, especially considering that a lot of people who are pro-life, not putting everybody in a bubble, but from what I've heard on social media and things like that, they care a lot about the pregnancy and the baby before it's born, but then never take any steps to help them after that. Like, if you think about it, oh, you have to have this child, but then your options are either take care of them if you're not ready, you're not financially stable enough, and they could have a really messed up childhood, or put them into the foster care system that is extremely broken within the United States, too, and the likelihood of them being in a stable household is extremely unlikely. So essentially, what I think we're getting at is that in the end, before any steps are made towards illegalizing abortion, there needs to be steps taken towards the after effects of those child of those children. Because if you're not going to allow something that's like preventing them from coming into this world, then there needs to be like there needs to be somewhere for them to go, something that's going to be beneficial for them, and they're not just going to get like you can't just care about them before they're born. And it really does, it honestly is crazy to think that our government and our people are so willing and quick to want to make laws, change things, completely make something obsolete, but don't want to fix the systems that directly relate to the things that they want to change. Like, and that can be seen in so many other systems within the United States, and I just think that we are focusing way too much on this pinpoint thing rather than the whole bigger picture. So we mentioned earlier about how this case was going um, back on trial uh, and to the Supreme Court to the Supreme Court. And the thing that's so scary about that, not only is it scary that it's even being reconsidered, but the fact that it's going to um, justices that are mainly conservative or male is really scary. Um, A couple I think two of the judges were appointed by Donald Trump, who is notoriously known for being pro-life and conservative. So you kind of already know what they're going to say about that case, no matter what's being defended about it or anything. And then having the majority already be looking down upon this without even having, you know, like anyone tell them the pros or anything. They're already just looking at the cons. It feels like the decision's already been made. Yeah. And I think that something is even with this topic in general is that even if the Supreme Justices were split evenly between male, female, conservative, liberal like, that wouldn't make the decision any easier because they're not going to come to a consensus when half is split. And, you know, that's how the entire United States is, basically. There's no general consensus as to pro-life or pro-choice. And I did some research a little bit before this, and when um, George W. Bush was president, he refused to make any abortion laws, anything regarding that, um, because of how split the United States was. His basic um, philosophy was that he could not consider banning abortion until public opinion shifted further in that direction, even though he himself was pro-life. And I think that that's something to like really take into consideration that if you're going to completely get rid of something that over half of the population agrees with, that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem like all opinions are being like into taken into consideration if that makes sense. Exactly, and I think that with um, this subject, it's obviously very, very controversial, 
you can probably ask anybody and a lot of people are going to have a very very strong opinion on which part which side of the spectrum they stand on there are of course a lot of people that say they're pro-life um but they support other women who would have to get an abortion just because it's really comes down to just who you are your situation your case and completely standing on one side of that spectrum and not even like being able to kind of see where that other person comes from is the reason that we're so divided and that we're having this argument in the first place. Exactly. And also, I think it's extremely ironic. Those, you know, one of the whole things with pro-choice is my body, my choice and all of that. And for so long, a lot of conservatives really rejected that idea. But now we've come into this day and age with masks. And now all of a sudden it's my body, my choice. You can't tell me what to wear. But then you still want to sit here and tell people that they have to have a child, considering the risks of pregnancy are extremely dangerous. Like, the possibility of bleeding out during birth, the, the physical and mental trauma that women face in postpartum care. There's so much that is not considered in this argument, I feel like, by one side. And so asking someone to do that is a lot, especially mm-hmm. when it can be prevented. And just... it's kind of difficult to see people just picking and choosing where they want to stand on that spectrum like the my body my choice situation you it's so rejected and then all of a sudden they're kind of using it almost to turn it around and use it against those people which is kind of just terrible in this sense because it's just such a different and as soon as you call them out they're like oh it's different but is it really that different but it's not that different and then you know you see all those things on social media of like the abortion clinics or just Planned Parenthood in general that offers so many services to women. They offer, you know, consults, birth control. They offer, like, cancer screening for ovarian cancer and stuff like that. And you see hundreds of people standing outside protesting abortion and yelling at these women going in there when oftentimes they're only there to get a cancer screening. They're only there to do, like, something that's a basic human need that they might not be able to afford. And Planned Parenthood is so, um, like, available and readily like, they can offer these services, and to see people standing outside ridiculing these women that are going in there, even if it's not for abortion, is just, it's terrible to see. And also, like, relating to that, I think people forget that people don't want to just have abortions. It's not an easy thing to go through. Like, that is mentally and physically very draining and it's a not, very difficult like, decision. Yeah, it's not a form of birth control. I think no. that's where a lot of people get Like, confused. this is a last resort thing when you have found yourself in a situation and you're like, wow, I was not expecting this. I don't, I'm not ready for this. I'm not financially ready for this. Like, but I also don't want to put them in the system, like things like that. And having women who are mentally struggling with that decision and all of that and having these other people standing outside of them, telling them that they are murderers and that they're going to hell and that they're horrible human beings for that. Like, that's horrible. That's just, like, increasing that trauma that you're already clearly going through. I can't believe that people would, like, genuinely try to impose their opinion of, like, no matter, even if Roe v. Wade does get passed, there's still gonna be those people that feel the need to, like, spend their time, take time out of their day to stand, like, out in front of those clinics and just, like, absolutely ridicule them for anything that they're doing. Today we have another senior, Cecilia Fierce, who will be joining us. Um, so our first question is for you is, what do you think about the fact that a Roe versus Wade is going into a Supreme Court where the majority of justices are either male or conservative? 
I honestly think that it's gross how often men get to dictate what goes into women's bodies and what happens to women's bodies when there's never even been a conversation as to what men can do to prevent issues such as abortion. Yeah, absolutely. The next thing that we want to talk about is the fact that women's options for birth control, besides the pill, which requires you to take it at the same time every day, which obviously can be very difficult if you don't have it with you, if you're just forgetful, the other options are very invasive, and I know that you have a little bit of experience Mm -hmm. with that. Um, So I'm very forgetful, so I chose not to do the pill. Instead, I decided to get the IUD, and going into it, I thought that it was a small procedure which it is, but it is a very painful one that should require general anesthesia. And I personally, when I um, did the procedure, I blacked out on the table because of the pain. And then for two months after that, I had constant cramping and pains where I had to come home from school and completely stop doing my regular life because it was so painful. And another common side effect I guess with the IUD can be cysts and if they rupture it can be extremely Mm -hmm. painful and I know that you've dealt with that a little bit and other women that are in my life also have had similar experiences and that's like really scary to think that you have to have this to prevent to prevent pregnancy Mm -hmm. whatever but you have to go through all that pain first. I still deal with those today and I've asked my doctor about it and there's nothing I can do so I continue to go through pain just for birth control. Yeah. And another option that um, is a Nexplanon, which is basically a bar in your arm. And in order for them to do that, they do give you, like, numbing, like the, um, what's it called? Numbing cream? The injection. Novocaine, yeah. And they inject that, but then they literally cut a hole in your arm and have this, like, little gun contraption thing and shoot a bar into your arm and stitch it up. And I think, like, Men don't even have to do anything for birth control at all. It's always put on the women, their responsibility. And, like, obviously it's your choice to do that. But if you want that, you have to go through that, which I think is something that is just really kind of baffling, that those are your only options. It's also a lot of people encourage it for us because the other option is unplanned pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I agree. actually had a fellow member of the Spartan Shield, um, Lauren Putoff, write an article about the period tax. So if you'd like more information on that or want anything to follow up, I would definitely go check that out. It's on our website. Overall, um, with Roe v. Wade coming back into light, it's really scary for a lot of women, as it should be. And I think this is going to be an issue that's prevalent for a really long time, at least as long as this argument continues. But I think that there's always going to be a really strong fight against it. And I think that that will... um, continue to go on and we definitely just want to encourage like being open to listening to perspectives and using your voice and telling people what you think as well and obviously seniors if you're registered to vote this year make sure that you're voting in elections with regarding these policies and what you agree with thank you for tuning in today to listen to the recent news regarding women's rights i'm your host natalie and ava and this was culture over coffee be a test real quick. I need to see if this is on something. So test, 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 whatever.